0: You guys are so tired megan's got a lot going on yeah so if i seem out of it i am if i look tired i am she is just but pretend we, you don't notice. no we love her <laughs> and it doesn't matter what's going on i walked in today and kara just immediately hugged me because <laughs> she can all the love <laughs> megan does marketing for rolling oven like we've talked about before and they're doing big things they're gonna drive out to Mayfield. yeah Kentucky. they're gonna go to mayfield which is where um we heard from so many of you all about checking in yeah whenever the tornado hit last week it hit western kentucky Mm -hmm. which is a couple hours i know it's like the mayfield where i think that hit the brunt of it that's four hours from here yeah not including the time change so It's pretty far, but there were some tornadoes around. Danville got yeah. hit. my parents um, lost their electric. Birthday. They lost power, which I didn't. I guess I didn't realize I was so focused on Mayfield that I didn't even yeah. realize that there were tornadoes in Danville. Yeah, so, um, which is pretty close, but still, we didn't. Yeah, we it had, had a super windy here in Nicholasville. Right, we yeah. had a loud night. Like I could definitely the storm woke me up a few times, but yeah. I never yeah. felt yeah. like it was dangerous. All that golden Doodle slept under the blankets with me. He hated <sighs> it so much. Yeah, I don't even think my dogs reacted. Yeah, but. The next morning when I saw the headlines, the oh, just... I just, it was awful. So anyway, the food truck is going there um, next, oh, it's tomorrow. So today yeah. is Wednesday. Um, you will hear this on Friday. Mm-hmm. So they'll be there. The day before, yeah, the yeah. food truck will be there. So if you happen to be in the area, uh, the rolling oven food truck will be there serving pizza to the first responders and the residents and everyone there. Mm-hmm. They said that they need like 10,000 meals a day. So, so they're reaching just... out to food trucks yeah. because there's no power And the food trucks, you know, have Um, their self-contained. And they're just so happy to be out. Oh, yeah. Everybody's excited to go. It's so great to see community come together. Yeah. All these communities. We immediately started asking for, we were like, you know, we're going to be driving there. If you all in the Lexington area want to donate things. We announced that Monday, Tuesday, as soon as we opened, there are people showing up. It was great. It was great this is the witch's magic murder and mystery podcast <laughs> hey guys i'm Kara. i'm megan yeah so it, it was really yeah so megan touching. is sleepy she's been doing all the marketing things for this and keeping up with all the yeah stuff just trying to figure things out yeah thing. the logistics of everything is just wild it's one of those weeks where i feel like i'm doing a lot of things and i don't know that i'm doing any of them well to you fruition know? <laughs> yeah but they're you know um, you just do the best you can you know and of course it's all around the holidays when like life oh is gosh. busier yeah but it's good. It's so and good. And I'm happy and I'm thankful. Yeah. I have an episode. And you guys. So on the, is this arc, the two-parter, it may be a two-parter. I'm going to kind of see how okay. it goes. Okay. We might split it up just to avoid having any of you all be like, Oh my God, that's this an hour is too much of yeah. that. We love you all. We love that. <laughs> you all love us, but we don't want to overwhelm you. Yeah. If we do split it into two, I'm still going to, we'll release them both yes. on Friday. So you can go right, right. on the next one if you want to. So what we're talking about today and the reason why it's so long, if you all remember on my Thanksgiving episode, Mm -hmm. um, we did a double episode and I talked about the disappearance of Karen Mitchell. Yes. And the main suspect in her disappearance, I don't even know if we can call it. I don't think he's officially been named a suspect, but the main one that everybody talks about is Robert Durst.
1: His voice.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, his voice. And I didn't watch the jinx. Oh, yeah. I knew, like, the bare facts. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew he did this. I knew he was convicted of this. I knew this has happened. But I didn't know the whole story. Right. I guess because I knew those things is also why I never watched the jinx. Because I was just like, well, I've already heard everything that's in there. So, I don't have time. I don't watch a lot of TV. Well... I was like, I'm going to do Robert. I'm going to do an episode of Robert Durst because I should know more about it. And I got interested because of the Karen Mitchell thing and yep. other things that were mentioned. So you did a deep dive. Oh, my God. Can't get out of it. There's so much. Yeah. I just, the list of sources is insane. It's, yeah. We'll get started. I just realized I wanted to show everybody what Brooksy sent us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Pause, guys. Okay. Okay. So one of our listeners, before we get started, I wanted to show you guys. Handcrafted. If you're on the YouTube, you can see this. Look at it. And it smells amazing. It's beautiful. It's dried just oranges and rosemary. Rosemary and, and I mean, cinnamon. It's just gorgeous. And just. It makes me so happy. Oh, my gosh. And also some acorns Glittery that she's painted acorns. and glittered. And I mean, oh, she sent us each one. Yes. Because when you first started opening it and you pulled this out, in my head, I went, Oh, God.
1: I Which one keep,
0: of us gets to keep it? I would, I would keep that. And that's fine, isn't it? I got I dibs. I call dibs. So, Brixie, thank you so much yes. for sending one for each of us so that our friendship didn't end over it. Because yeah. it was it was touch and go there for, yeah. for just a few seconds. In my, just a hot... And minute. then she pulled out a second one, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> we're okay. Our relationship is okay. We're no longer on the rocks, guys. It's all right. Okay, so I'll send this over here. <laughs> you know, we always, at the end of every episode, we're like, we love you, whatever. But, like, we, we really love do. you. That's yeah. not just... Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Robert Durst. Robert
1: Durst.
0: Let's go. We're gonna Let's actually do, do this. 10 now. Ten
1: minutes and here we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Robert Allen Durst was born in nineteen forty three. His dad was Seymour Durst, a New York City real estate magnate. Forbes estimates the Durst family fortune at about eight point one billion.
1: Yeah.
0: I looked up. A little more info on the Durst family, just because I'm always curious about families like this. Like, how do you become this big, incredibly powerful family? And it's actually, it's really impressive because it it didn't take a lot of generations. Here's how it started. In 1902, a Jewish immigrant named Joseph Durst arrived in America with $3 to his name. Okay. He found work as a tailor, ended up becoming a full partner a- in a dress manufacturer by 1912. Oh, wow. He used his earnings there to purchase his first building in 1915. What a smart man. I know. And then he bought another building. Mm-hmm. And then he formed the Durst Organization, which is now one of the oldest family-run commercial and residential real estate companies in New York City. Wow. He acquired more buildings and then shifted focus to construction. So they okay. built several buildings buildings in new york city that they also still own yeah Yeah. it's new york city real estate insane so all this time it's all stayed in the family after joseph died his son seymour so you're already at robert's dad yes so joseph was the first his son seymour took over and currently the durst organization is run by douglas durst which is robert's younger brother okay there's some drama around that which we'll get to of course there is yeah I mean, listen. There's so much. Mm-hmm. It's just if you hear Robert Durst, there's drama. Involved. Drama it's that follows him everywhere. Or unbelievable. He so it all started with this Jewish immigrant who had three dollars. Three dollars. Aside from Douglas, Robert also had another brother, Tommy, and a sister, Wendy. Robert's mother died when he was seven years old. Okay. She either jumped or fell from the roof of the family's home. Oh, so right there, you're like awfulness just d- happening. Okay. Later, Robert would claim that just before her death, his dad walked him over to a window where he could see his mom standing <gasps> oh, on the roof. yeah, 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 I remember. So, he says he saw it happen. Mm-hmm. And later, Douglas Durst is like, no, he denies that. Yeah. He's like, Robert did not witness our mother's death. Yeah. And honestly, who knows? Yeah. Robert and Douglas didn't get along well as children. They both went to therapy as kids to work on their issues that they had with each other i had the same thought because i mean this was so he was born i mean this was in the late 40s early 50s or good for that dad if he didn't remarry yeah right i mean they took him straight to therapy like that's amazing yeah they both Mm -hmm. went to therapists to work on their differences a 1953 psychiatrist report on robert who was 10 at the time mentions personality decomposition and possible Mm -hmm. schizophrenia oh okay already i didn't know it was that early and I didn't know schizophrenia could be diagnosed that early. I don't know why I thought that was like a later teens. Like a personality thing, but but disorder. I'm not um, a doctor. We're not licensed professionals yet. We're, so. Yeah. We're working on that. <laughs> can you chi- Google? <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> of their childhood, Douglas had said that Robert treated him terribly and fought with him at every opportunity. Mm. Robert wanted to embarrass Douglas whenever he could. Oh. I can't imagine having that kind of no relationship with your siblings and maybe that's a brother's thing or like a same gender sibling yeah because my brother and i were just (sighs) never like i do remember my younger sisters back in the day when that cucumber melon uh bath and body works perfume was real popular Mm -hmm. poured out half of it and filled it up with water I was obsessed with cucumber melon, but yeah, my brother and I. Of course, he's six years older. That could yeah, like play different. That's something my brothers and I are. We're just we yeah. just yeah, we take care of each other. It's never been. I can't imagine him ever wanting to embarrass me, and I would never want to embarrass him. You know. But anyway, that was that was their that was dynamic. Hmm. So Robert went on to college at Lehigh University. He was called a loner in high school, which I I don't care. Like I don't yeah, generally think that means. Well, that goes him. back to like the kids that are deemed weird. Yeah, like, who, I love them. Okay. Yeah, when he. Got to college, it sounds like he was less of a loner. He was on the varsity lacrosse team, and he was the business manager of the student newspaper. Then he enrolled in a doctoral program at UCLA, and while he was there, he met a woman named Susan Berman. Susan was the daughter of David Berman, a reputed gangster who operated Mm -hmm. the Flamingo Hotel and Casino in Vegas during the 40s. That would have been an amazing time to go. So Robert and Susan remained friends until 2000. They were described as best friends, so they were close for a really long time. We'll get back to that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Robert did not finish his doctorate, and he moved back to New York in 1969. Apparently, this was a secret. His family didn't know that he the, didn't finish? at the time. He didn't tell them that he didn't actually get his PhD. So did he act like he did finish? Mm-hmm. Oh, and he later told. The woman he married, that he was like, hey, I didn't actually finish my PhD, and my family mm. doesn't know. And then Renosa does not so say anything. Yeah. Robert, when he moved back to New York, he had absolutely no interest in working for his dad at uh-huh. the Durst organization. Sometime in 1970-71, he moved to Vermont, and he opened a health food store mm-hmm. called All Good Things. and Which is kind of clever. Yeah, I mean, well, just kind of clever. I do I want to give him absolutely no, zero not, credit for anything. Not. In the fall of 1971, He met a dental hygienist named Kathleen McCormack. He met her in New York. I'm assuming these places were close together geographically because he still spent quite a bit of time in Manhattan. Traveling back and forth. Um, They went on two dates Hmm. before he invited her to move in with him in Vermont. And in January of 1972, she did. I mean, Ryan Sof's dad and I, that was kind of us too. Yeah. He came over and did his laundry and never left (laughs) until... I mean, it's kind of cute. That's kind of cute. That's a cute little story. (laughs) But this This isn't. Maybe at the time, people thought this was cute, too. I can't see it any other way. (laughs) I can't see it anyway, but knowing all the context I have now. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. The couple moved to Manhattan in 1973 after Robert's dad convinced him to come home and work for the family business. So, All Good Things closed in 1973, and Robert returned once again to New York. All good things came to an end. <laughs> that's good. That was real good. <laughs> I hope you all watch the YouTube video because it's, it's hilarious. Okay, so this time he returned to New York right. with Kathleen. Robert and Kathleen were married on April 12, 1973, which was also Robert's 30th birthday. Don't get married on your birthday, though. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, because then, no, no, that's not. Mm. I'm against it. I am, too. <laughs> it should be a law. kathleen began attending the albert einstein college of medicine which absolutely sounds like a made-up thing (laughs) does that really is that a thing it's in the bronx it's still a thing Well, i'm not sure if it's still a thing Albert Einstein College of Medicine. <laughs> what? I would totally want my degree from there, though. Like, yeah. yeah. I i got my. What hospital is going to be like Albert Einstein College? Can we see your diploma, please? It's just got like the silhouette of his, his hair. His hair. Yeah. And, they're, <laughs> on the and it's like. It's like a watermark. It's like, yeah, it's like faded, but then her name and graduation date are over top of that. And they're like, huh. Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Absolutely. We're like top tier here and yes, we Yeah, want she's you. more qualified than any of us. Any of us. If Albert Einstein hadn't a hand in this, then we're golden. I just really, really love it. Was he even a doctor? <laughs> this is so crazy. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> okay. She was studying to be a pediatrician. Oh. The couple split their time between a west side Manhattan penthouse, an east side apartment, and a stone bungalow in the New York countryside.
1: We're moving on up.
0: Yeah. So while she's studying to be a pediatrician, he's the heir to a huge family real estate fortune. Yeah. It sounds like this super-charmed life. Yeah. Of course, it was not. not. In late 1981, 29-year-old Kathy was just a few months away from earning her medical degree when she got a phone call from a woman named Prudence Farrow. Prudence. She was Mia Farrow's sister. mm mm-hmm. She's also the person who inspired the Beatles to write the song Dear Prudence. Yes. What is your life if you're like inspiring the I inspired a Beatles song artists of all yeah. times? So Robert and Prudence had been having an affair for 3 years and Prudence mm-hmm. was also married. But she called Kathy basically she's just like can you just let me have your husband? Can you just <gasps> give him up? I just want him all to myself. She said I'm tired of sharing my yeah. time with him. Kathy told her friends that Prudence would call her from time to time basically just to torture her. I just don't understand. So on January 6th, 1982, Kathleen was treated at a Bronx hospital for bruising to her face. Mm -hmm. She told a friend that Durst had hit her and her um, injuries were consistent with being punched in the face. But she didn't press charges. And she did, however, ask Robert for a $250,000 divorce settlement. Do you know how he responded? In a raspy voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Calmly and rationally was like, yes, I've had an affair know. anyway. We should totally it's get a divorce. Totally fine. I will take her. She wants me more than you anyways. That's not what happened. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. His response was to cancel Kathleen's credit card, <gasps> take her name off their joint bank account, <gasps> and refuse to pay her tuition to med school. What a lovely human. So three <laughs> weeks later, <laughs> I'm just so deep stuck. This whole story. Three weeks later, on January 31st, Kathy went to a dinner party thrown by a friend of hers. Oh, man. Again, This um, when I wrote this down, I was like, I got to look up how you say this name. It's a woman. And it's Gilbert with an E on the end. Gil- Gilberte. Gilberte. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sorry. Can we not ever? S- we have to say it again, I think, another time. Gilberte. Let's just call her Bertie. Yep. Like Okay. It. Birdie. You all understand that's who we mean. I don't think anyone else calls her that, okay? So, Dibs. Dibs. when we say dinner party, when I first read that, I thought it was a much more, like... Cocktail hour? Yeah. It seems like it was more of a family dinner. Oh. Bertie's sister was there. Her parents were there. Huh. You know. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, a huge bunch of guests or whatever. Regardless, Kathy showed up in red sweatpants, which her friend oh. found odd because it was unlike Kathy to dress that way, particularly for a dinner party. Right. While there, Kathy got a phone call from Robert, and then she left. And that's the last known sighting... <laughs> of kathleen durst Ooh. that phone call was overheard by Bertie's sister mm-hmm. who said i could only hear what kathy said i heard her tell him she was on her way home in a pleasant voice and that she loved him hmm. um, and there were people who kind of commented on that they were like oh so she said she loved him oh she was nice Is and she, i'm like yeah that's i mean i don't think anything of that yeah Especially if he's abusive, like, you just do what you can right. to, like, stay Survive. out of the fire. Yeah. yeah. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my haircut, cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh-huh. T Y. using the code WMM30. So that's just two M. So you guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market. Created with your foot health in mind, pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24.
0: She was supposed to meet up with her friend later that night, and she never showed up. Robert and Kathy had been staying at that bungalow cottage right. in the countryside. Mm-hmm. And then she had come back to the Manhattan apartment because she had a clinicals the next day. Yeah. So I guess she was leaving to go home and she right. was talking to her husband. And then she was going to come back out and meet her friend later, but she never showed up. And that's when her friends started calling the police. Kathy had told several of her friends that if anything were to happen to her, quotes, don't let Bob get away with it. Mm-hmm. And this is just like, we talked about that story last time where it's yeah. like, what would you do if your friend came to you? The Woodchopper murder? Yeah. yeah, And legitimately said, if something happens to, like, you, what kind of state are you in that you're like, I might die. And if I do, this is it's my husband it. or whatever. Yeah. I, I just, I can't imagine. And then also, like, how do you that. hold that in? Yeah. Because, no, I mean, unfortunately, it's still this way in a lot of places you run to the police and tell them and they're like yeah but do you have evidence to back this up they've never reported any type of domestic violence we don't have any calls or any history on this yeah there's a whole planned rant later Mm -hmm. about that type of situation because it is it's like it's frustrating to me that in so many cases there's just nothing that can be done on something until something truly awful happens yeah and I know you can't predict the future in hindsight's 2020, right. but it's so frustrating. It is. It's so very frustrating. So according to Robert, he and Kathy had fought that evening. He called it a pushing-shoving fight. Mm. But his story is that he had put her on a train to Manhattan at 9.15, then had a drink with his neighbor, and then went to bed. They'd been at the Lake Cottage. he put her on the train because yeah. she was supposed to go back to right. Manhattan because she had the clinical. So the doorman and the building superintendent at their apartment... Um, said that they had seen Kathy there on February 1st, which was the day after the dinner right. party. So a private investigator looked into that later and debunked it. It's not even clear if the doorman was working that night. Ooh. Three weeks after Robert reported Kathy missing, the building superintendent found her possessions in the building's trash compactor. Because you know how when someone you love is missing, you just immediately get rid of their stuff. You just shove it down the trash. You don't know where they are and you hope and you pray that they're going to come home. Right. You know how you just get rid of all their stuff. You just don't want to see it anymore because it just breaks your heart. It just bothers me. He's a nasty man. Robert also said that later that week on February 4th, the supervisor at Kathy's school called him to say that Kathy had called in sick on February 1st and had missed class the entire week. Hmm. The day after that phone call... Robert filed a missing persons report. Did he now? Mm-hmm. He did. Mm. So after Kathleen's disappearance, there was a lot of media attention. And Susan Berman, the friend Robert had made at UCLA, served as an unofficial spokesperson for him. So they're still buddies. Hmm. In 1990, eight years after Kathy vanished, Robert divorced her, claiming spousal abandonment. As the oldest brother, Robert assumed he would be the one to take the helm of the Durst organization whenever his father stepped down. Of course he did. But in 1992, Seymour Durst appointed Douglas to take over the organization. He said, kick rocks, not Robert. Robert. Yeah. I mean, look at the drama of Robert. Exactly. And also, Robert didn't want it. Well, to yeah, work he on. didn't want it. So, what if he just wasn't being like his little apprentice and following in his footsteps? He just didn't know the back side of yeah. the business and yeah. his dad didn't want him to have it. No. He'd run it into the ground. Yeah understandable robert blamed his brother for stealing the company from him the company that robert had not even wanted to work for yeah but i guess he felt entitled to it or something Mm -hmm. because of his birth order he does sound awfully entitled Mm. he ended up estranging himself from the whole family after this Mm. i'm sure they were like "Mm, dang shoot gosh we're gonna miss him so much Douglas (laughs) Douglas writes. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas and Robert haven't spoken since nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. In a two thousand fifteen interview with the New York Times, Douglas is quoted as saying, There's no doubt in my mind that if he had the opportunity to kill me, he would. <gasps> oh no. Also, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. No doubt in anybody's no. mind. No, no, no. I'm trying to be conscious of the fact that there may be plenty of you like me who had who didn't know all this stuff about right, Robert Durst. Right. But let me just tell you anybody that Robert Durst wants dead, he's got he's got gonna go after it, if he has it. the opportunity. Yeah. Douglas also stated that up until 2001, he had truly believed his brother was innocent in Kathleen's disappearance. And we'll get to why that changed. Up until 2001, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. According to Douglas, Kathleen had told him that she was going to ask Robert for a divorce. Whenever Robert told Douglas that Kathleen had disappeared, Douglas said his tone was very neutral. Mm. There was no great anxiety in his tone. It seemed a little strange. In 1999, the New York State Police quietly reopened the investigation into Kathleen's disappearance. Uh-huh. We got to keep this under wraps. Well, I'm sure because of the Durst family <sighs> right. power. Yep. They quietly reopened the investigation into Kathleen's disappearance, searching Durst's former resident residence, the cottage in the countryside, mm-hmm. for the first time. For the first time? I'm sorry, how many years later is this? And it's been sold at that point. Like, he yeah. had, he sold it not long after. What do they think they're going to find? Blood spatter evidence? Like Why didn't they search it to begin with? Like, I don't understand. This is 1999? She disappeared in 1982? Yeah. Man. Power and money. It gets you real far. It's very frustrating. And he could have had that house deep. He could have gutted that oh, house and redone yeah. it. So, this investigation became public in November of 2000. Now, just before it became public, in October of 2000, Robert went into hiding. Oh, did he? His sister Wendy had tipped him off about the investigation reopening. Oh, Wendy. So, he moved to Galveston, Texas, disguising himself as a mute woman. So, when it says she tipped (sighs) him off, I choose to believe, for my own sanity, that she probably just mentioned that they're asking some questions. Yeah. I, I'm hopeful that she didn't go to him and say, they're you reopening gotta that investigation. You got to leave town. Like mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Here's some of my clothes. That's what I <laughs> see. You, bye. I've got this plan. That's what I want to believe. It wasn't like she tipped him off to help. Don't him. talk. Cause your voice is very
1: recognizable.
0: <laughs> Nobody's going to forget that you're mute. So he rented a $300 <sighs> a month apartment dressed as a woman and pretended to be mute. Which is kind of brilliant, actually, to pretend to be mute. Yeah, but did he... You want to question he? me? Did he know sign language? I doubt it. Yeah, so what was he doing? Do you think he went and got, like, makeup and stuff and, like, went all out? Well, I mean, I think he... Like, he really played into the character. I just think he was a cross-dresser. Like, I think he just... Yeah. That was a thing that he, was, that he enjoyed, that he liked okay. doing. And then I think... When he had this opportunity, when he went to go into hiding, he just thought, like, oh, yeah, I'll just be a woman. Time to, yeah. yeah. He gave his name as Dorothy Siner, hmm. C-I-N-E-R, which happened to be the name of a girl that he went to high school with. Wouldn't you hate that if you learned later that like oh, Robert gosh. Durst had used your name mm-hmm. as an alias? On December 11th, 2000. Now, this is going to be annoying throughout the whole rest of the episode. So, almost a year later. Well, no, it's the... Investigation became public in November of 2000. Okay. He went into hiding in October. Oh, okay. In December, though, you guys, he got married again. I didn't know this at all. I had no idea. It's the oh, weirdest marriage ever. He married a woman named Deborah Lee Chariton. Hmm. Chariton. C-H-A-R-A-T-A-N. Mm-hmm. And New York real estate broker. Mm. Apparently, they had lived together at some point in the past. But. Once they were married, they've never lived together as husband and wife. Robert described it to his sister as a marriage of convenience. And in the later deposition, he said, I wanted Debbie to be able to receive my inheritance, and I intended to kill myself. Wasn't that still in the time where if you committed suicide, like you got nothing? I mean, it's the inheritance. It's not like an insurance oh, like payout. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But also... <sighs> what? This will come up again, But from what we can tell, they're still married right now. I believe married. But they live very separate lives. I mean, he's in prison, but, like, it's just a business arrangement, I guess. So she's still hoping she gets his inheritance once, like, if he dies in jail? Well. Or can his, like, I'm sure his family's, like, cut him out. Yeah, we'll get into all that. I don't remember any of this. There's still a lot of money for her to make as his wife. Of
1: course.
0: And I don't understand it. No. But also, I should say, like the status of their relationship right now is unclear. Like that's the that's the most I heard said about it is that the status is unknown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it appears that there's never been a divorce, and right. they are still married. Right. Remember that friend Susan Berman? Yes. On Christmas Eve, two thousand, mm-hmm. she was found murdered, execution style, in her home in Los Angeles. Okay. A few days later, the Beverly Hills Police Department received a letter postmarked December twenty third before Susan's body was discovered. Oh, okay. So it contains Susan's address and the word cadaver. Mm. We know that Robert was in California days before Susan was murdered Mm -hmm. and he flew from San Francisco to New York the night before her body was found. Mm -hmm. We also know that Durst had paid Berman $50,000 in two payments not long before her death. Robert admitted that he had sent her $25,000 but he declined to be questioned in her death. What? He declined. How How can you decline that? We'd like to I, question you. No, thanks. No, I'm good. I'm good. He didn't and even say, I'd like to have my attorney present. I'm not speaking with you, you know, without my attorney. No, he said, you know, I'm I'm good. I declined. No, thanks. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Again, is it because he's so... He's a Durst? Like he's right. so wealthy? Is right. that it? I don't know. I'm sure he has like a million attorneys yeah. on a speed dial. So he would later say in a two thousand five deposition that Susan had called him a few months before her death to say that the LAPD wanted to talk to her about Kathy's disappearance. The LAPD Kathy disappeared from New York. Like I don't yeah. I don't understand. But we don't know if this is true. And I'm also not clear on whether if it's not true, was it mm-hmm. Susan's lie? Right. In order to get Just money get, from yeah. him? Yeah. Or was it Robert's lie? I don't know. Yeah. Like Susan could have lied, like I said, in order to blackmail Robert. Uh-huh. And that's why he sent her fifty thousand dollars.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so we're trying, you guys, I'm trying I'm trying to tell you this whole story chronologically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is all the things we're going through. Year by year. Because he's got a lot going on. Yeah. The investigations reopened. He he goes into hiding the he becomes of you, public woman. in November 2000. In December of 2000, Susan Berman's dead. Mm-hmm. In the fall of two thousand one, oh my God, body parts were found floating in the Galveston Bay. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Robert had been living in Galveston, right? So he had homes. If you guys remember from my episode on Karen Lee Mitchell, really everywhere. The Thanksgiving episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he had homes and offices kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So when we say he's in Galveston and then he was in San Francisco and whatever, like that's that's what he did. Yeah, he was all over the place. So the body parts were later identified as belonging to a man named Morris Black. Mm-hmm. who also happened to be Robert's neighbor. Robert was arrested and charged with murder on October 9th, 2001. The way they connected him to this, besides the fact of Morris being his neighbor, um, the body parts were found in bags and one of the bags contained a receipt. He's such an idiot. That's the other thing. He's such an idiot. One of the bags had a receipt for like an eyeglasses purchase. Yes, And... um. He had to go back to get those eyeglasses from the doctor. Mm -hmm. And when he showed up at the doctor, they were like, we're arresting you. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot all about this. Well, one of the articles I read, they were like, Robert Durst, one of his downfalls is that he's just also incredibly cheap. Like, to be as wealthy as he was, incredibly cheap. He couldn't let those glasses go. Yeah, Yeah. He was released on bail, which was wired to him by his... Wife, mm. Deborah Charlatan. Don't forget about her, even though their marriage makes absolutely no sense. Zero sense whatsoever. She also visited him in jail and had regular phone calls with him to discuss legal strategy. So, he got released on bail, and then he skipped town, missing his court hearing on October 16th. Well, she's responsible for him. I'm fascinated that they even... Released him. ...let him, yeah, be out on bail. On a murder charge. Like, yeah, a missing wife and a murdered friend, and he was... From a wealthy, powerful family. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's a risk. Yeah. yeah. Come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? And he has places all over. But what are you doing? Yeah. What are huh. you doing? Okay. Huh? They found Robert on November 30th in a supermarket in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He was caught after attempting to steal Band-Aids, and newspaper, and a chicken salad sandwich. He had $500 in his pocket and another $37,000 in cash in his car. But he was shoplifting thirty-seven thousand band-aids, a newspaper, and a chicken salad sandwich. Mm-hmm. Thirty-seven thousand in cash. Mm-hmm. You know how you do. I mean, you're not paying with your credit card; it's not being traced. They, that's what I'm saying. He's an idiot. Like, yeah, and a cheapskate. I'm not gonna pay. I got. I gotta have this chicken salad sandwich. I got ch- thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars in cash in my car. Me right walk now, walk into that, and I don't feel five hundred dollars. My hands are full. I don't want to reach into my pockets. Maybe it was so the make. most expensive chicken salad sandwich in the world. Maybe it was the like world's the Demon Marcus best, best chicken, salad chicken salad winner of the year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Michelin rated. Mm-hmm. And it was like $503. And he was like, like, I no, can't. Because I got to get these Band-Aids too. <laughs> I mean, I'm screwed. So I might as well just take it all. <laughs> and the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> they also found, besides the $37,000 in his car, they found two guns, <laughs> marijuana, <laughs> Morris Black's driver's license, oh. and directions. We got to say our name again. Mm-hmm. To you know <laughs> Bertie's house the the lady who hosted the the dinner party, yeah, Gilbertbert Gilbert Bertie mm-hmm. to her home, wouldn't that be terrifying too? He had directions to her house in his car, oh, Robert, they also learned that Robert had stalked his brother Douglas, visiting the driveway of Douglas's home while armed, <gasps> huh, so Robert was extradited to Texas to go on trial for the murder of Morris Black Hmm. <sighs> So let's stop there let's for this take episode, a moment. Okay. and then we'll start recording another one that you all so you can break this up and not be intimidated. Yeah, we've got the one whole episode, and we've got his missing wife. Yep, Susan Berman's murdered. Yep, Morris Black's murdered. Yep, and he's shoplifting. We just shoplifted. guys. He may or may not have witnessed his mother's death. He and his brother are no longer talking. His sister is getting him out of things. He's of got the strange prices. marriage. His dad doesn't like him. Didn't yeah. give him the business. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got a marriage that he doesn't even participate in. Yeah. Here we are. And we're in the fall of 2001. Mm, And it's now 2021. (laughs) And he's still got stuff going on. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. So, all right. We'll stop there. Brief moment. Um, We love you. So much. Come back for the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.